Riley, welcome to the Queen's Takeover. Thank you for joining us as we take over the podcast world. It's your girl Kat, aka the Texas Sport Queen. We also have the Carolina Boss Lady Kayla. Hello. And our resident adjuster, Jolie. Sup. Well, we definitely want to start off the episode by continuing to shine the spotlight on the indie wrestling scene. But for this episode, we're going to take a trip overseas to the UK. And we definitely want to welcome in uh, representing UKW, representing Blackheart Wrestling. I found him on Twitter as the Urban Legend, but in the ring he goes by JPR. Welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Hello. 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 All right. So, keeping up with a little bit of a tradition that we have here on the show, just kind of start things off. Anyone who's new to the show and everything, or their first time on, we definitely want to ask you: How did you get into fan to wrestling as a fan and wanting to pursue it uh, full time? Um, when I was in school, um, every lunchtime, every break time, um, we always used to play Royal Rumbles. We always used to play like one-on-ones, and it just evolved from there. Um, when I was young, we used to, we, when, when, we were, when I was young, I beg your pardon, obviously the Attitude Era was there, so wrestling was very mainstream. It was very in your face, and it just became an evolution, so to speak, of that as a fan. So all the way through school, I used to stay up till 1 a.m. UK time, and watch Royal Rumbles, No Way Out, WrestleMania 2000, um, right. the first TLC match. And it just all snowballed from there. Um, if you ask any of my schoolmates, they'll all say to you, Look, this boy wants to be a wrestler. There's, there's no other, you know, profession, hobby that he wants to do. Um, and it all snowballed from there. Um, another reason why I wanted to become um, a wrestler was because of my children. Um, the fact is that I don't want to say to my kids, you can't do your dream job, your dream profession, your dream career. At the end of the day, you know, if they applicate themselves and have the determination and the drive to do it, then they could be whatever they want to be. And that's what I want to show them when I'm in the ring and obviously when I'm training and obviously as long as you put dedication into things, then you can obviously achieve what you want. That's, that's, the, that's the drive of me being a wrestler and obviously even in the future being a wrestler. So, yeah, it's just all about, it's all about my kids now. It's not really about me. It's all about showing my kids what's what, if that makes sense. Absolutely, and I love that. And that's mm-hmm. definitely a message that we definitely want to teach the younger generation is like, don't give up on your dreams and everything mm-hmm. like that. So I absolutely Absolutely love that. Thank you. Oh, all right. All right. All right. Kayla. Um, on your social media, it says you're from, okay, Seashells. Are you originally from there or are you from somewhere else? What, what it is, is um, my parents are from there. Um, and it's a very underrepresented country. Um, not a lot of people have heard of it. Um, so it's always, it's always nice to be original in wrestling, which is why I'm built from the Seychelles. Um, I personally, I grew up in London, England. Um, so it was the capital of London where, you know, every, everybody knows London. So to be different, to be a bit more diverse, that's why I'm built from the Seychelles. Um, and it's something that I take to heart when I'm in the ring. Sometimes in my entrance, I bring the Seychelles flag out. Um, and it's something that I take great pride in that my parents are from the Seychelles because... You know, at the end of the day, this this might seem a bit silly to say, if it wasn't for my parents, I wouldn't be here. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <it's>, right. Um, <laughs> um, so at the end of the day, it's it's kind of giving back to them what what identity they've given to me, even though I was born in the UK. If that makes sense. Absolutely, totally. <sighs> Jolly. Sorry, my mouse, my mouse was having issues. <laughs> and I was actually looking up where Seychelles was um, because my mom, when she was uh, younger, she actually traveled to Africa. So I was wondering if it was actually on the continent of Africa, but it's actually a tiny island off Somalia. That's actually pretty cool. Um, so first things first, mm-hmm. since you said you're from, you live in London, 
Do you support Manchester United, Tottenham? Who do you support there first? There's a story behind this as well. Um, When I was young, um, back in 1995, all of my mates supported Manchester United, Tottenham or Arsenal. Um, And I've never been one to be a proverbial sheep, if that makes sense. So I was like, you know what? Screw you guys. I'm going to support Newcastle United. Um, At the time, we were a really big club. Over the years, we've kind of like faded right away. Um, But I never, even when I was young, I never wanted to follow anybody um, or really do anything else that everybody else wanted to do. I always wanted to be my own person in in the respect of how I live and, and what I do and how I do things. I've always done things like my way to obviously quote Frank Sinatra. Um, but <laughs> so, yeah, I support Newcastle United, avid supporter. And even now I've moved up to Yorkshire, the, the, the amount of people that support Newcastle United is still far, few and far between. You've got to go right up north to find people that support Newcastle United because it's a one city club, so to speak. So if you're not really from Newcastle, there's no real reason now to support Newcastle United, if that makes sense. No, no, perfect sense, perfect sense. And and secondly, have you ever seen Doctor Who? Um, I've seen a few episodes of um, the, the, the series with David Tennant. Obviously, I know about the Daleks and the Cybermen, but apart from that, I'm not going to... I'm not going to try and embarrass myself and talk about things that I haven't really seen. <laughs> well, you already watched the best doctor. Tenant was the best doctor, but all right. On, <laughs> on to my wrestling question. Uh, so we saw um, uh, one of your posts said that you, that the UK inspired you to take, uh, take on wrestling as a career. How did UK inspire you? I mean, in regards to the UK, you know, there's a lot of history and there's a lot of prestige um, in watching wrestling now. Obviously, I went to shows when I was younger, when I was 15, 16 years old. And I saw people that were larger than life that were from the same locality of where I was from. Now, obviously, the wrestling schools in the UK at the time when I was young were few and far between. There was no way that I was going to take a a train to train um, two, three hours away from where I lived at that time of my life. So obviously I kind of fell out of wrestling, watching wrestling even, um, until I started going to UK indie shows um, about five or six years ago and thought to myself, you know what, I, I've got, you know, I've, I've got the, the fire back to try and drive myself. And obviously I was watching a show in, um, in East Yorkshire in Hull, um, which had people like Matt Myers, um, Rampage Brown, Nathan Cruz, um, and people like that, Kaz Crash, um, and people like that. And I thought to myself, look, these guys have got a school. I, I'm now at an age where I can drive myself and don't have to rely on lifts. Um, and this is something that I want to do. This is something that I need to do, I need to accomplish, even if I only have one match. Um, so put myself forward in the training school. But at the time, I had an injury. I had an injury to my left knee. I, I tore my ACL a few years ago playing um, football or in you guys' case, soccer. Um, and I had to get that operated. And then in the midst of me doing rehab, um, my firstborn, my son, um, was born. So I took 18 months away from the ring. And coming back was really tough. Um, but because of the trainers that I had, people like Matt Myers, people like Nathan Cruz, um, people like Dutch, who um, with her, with his wife, um, Becca, runs Fight Factory, I had all the right people, all the right contacts to support me, to keep me going, even when, you know, I, I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel, if that makes sense. Um, and there's other people as well, um, Liam Slater, who um, pushed me right, you know, to the barriers of where I thought I could be and pushed me past where I thought I, I could be as a, as a person. He, um, it, it was tough on me, but I knew he was doing it for the right reasons. Um, and I, I always thank him. I always thank everybody that I come across in, in regards to wrestling. But in, at the start, um, those people were the people that really... they. They really looked after me, 
in regards to what they did and how they did it and how they spoke to me. Um, and even, even now I'm inspired by things that I see my friends do, people like Reeves and Rogan, who are tag team, people like Jack Maxwell, um, who should, you know, be on a show every weekend, let alone once or twice a month or once or twice a year. Um, and there's there's so many other people that I, I can mention, but those people continuously inspire me, if that makes sense. Oh, make, makes definitely perfect sense. Thank you. Um, just out of curiosity, how has it been working with UKW and Blackheart? I mean, they're, they're two fantastic organizations. Um, Blackheart just started in March. They had their Rebirth show and they, they've, they've got everything mapped out. So sometimes when you go to a promotion and you wrestle, let's say, what's called an exhibition match, you don't know what you're doing for the next month. With Blackheart, there's a set plan. Obviously, I'm not going to ruin what the plan is because it sounds really good. But there's a set plan for each and every single wrestler, not just for the month, but for the year. Um, and you can bounce ideas off the people that, are, that you work with. You can bounce ideas with your opponents a long time before you're working with them. So if you come up with an idea and you message them on Facebook and you're like, oh, snap, I've got this idea. What do you think of it? They might turn around and say it's absolute garbage, but they might actually turn around and say, you know what, Let, let's run with that. Let's mention it to the, you know, to the people that are in charge. Um, UKW, I, you know, I, I made my one-on-one debut there with them. I made my tag debut there with them. I've had no problems whatsoever working with UKW, with Jonathan Sedgwick. Um, and it, it shows in what I've done in the ring thus far with them. Unfortunately, because of COVID, I haven't had the opportunity to, you know, to, to wrestle for them again and again and again. But the, the couple of times that I have wrestled for them, um, you, you, get good, you get good feedback about your crowd work, about your character work about, you know, the execution of moves, etc. It's, it's just fun work. And then you get to go home at a decent time as well. So I've got absolutely no complaints <laughs> with, with either promotion. It's, I find them both fantastic. Um, and I, I'm not just saying that because I, I work for them. I'm, I'm saying that because it's the truth. Right. Okay, so for those who are not familiar with, like, how the wrestling scene is in the UK, I mean, we all have our... our uh, backyard wrestling over here bars mattress stores that's true story mattress stores (laughs) um what's the wrestling scene like in the uk is it similar to over here in the states or is it like a little bit more rough around the edges i mean there's a lot of um there's a lot of prestige obviously in regards to like where everybody wants to be it's undoubtedly and it's the uk if you want to take this seriously that's where you want to be but even if you have it as a, even if you have wrestling as a hobby, there's places that will still, you know, um, cater to that. Um, but everybody wants to be in NXT UK. That's, that's, there's no ifs or buts in regards to that. There's a lot of um, people who will look after you whilst you're in that scene. I don't think British wrestling is rough around the edges as such. Um, sure things can be better um, but on the whole everywhere that I've worked has been a really well run like professional unit um, but if there are backyarders I- I'm not aware of them but <laughs> it's, it's a thing it, it, I swear it must be just a, a US thing because like I know so many backyard wrestling companies in Philly like where they'll just like jump off roofs and stuff like that it sounds like you guys, um, the UK actually looks out for each other. Like you're, you're more family oriented than you are business oriented. Correct. Um, and then at the end of the day, nobody wants to get hurt in the ring. Nobody wants to get seriously hurt. You're not put on a show if you're not adequately trained. Um, and all of the owners that I've worked with, whether it be in training, whether it be in, in shows itself, always make sure 
who have you worked with, what's your background, how long have you trained for, and at the end of the day, you know, we we don't want people to get hurt in any way, shape, or form. That's that's an absolute no-no. Um, yes, we're here to entertain, but no, we're not here to, you know, seriously hurt each other or even ourselves or worse yet, die. Um, none of that, to be honest. Awesome. Um, me and Jolie and Kat, um, since we're huge wrestling fans, we noticed that you are a fan of AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, who... Who are you a big fan of and who sticks out to you the most? Okay. Um, I'll try my best not to get really excited in this question. Um, so basically, one of the reasons why I got really interested again into wrestling was because of um, Kenny Omega. Um, I watched a lot of Kenny Omega in New Japan. Um, his whole style is different to anybody else in the scene. You look at his... Um, theatrics, you look at his character, especially when he was doing the role as the cleaner um, in the Bullet Club. Um, that stuff really, really shone for me. Um, another person that I've watched um, all throughout his career is um, Penta, or Pentagon L0. Um, he, everything that he does as well, if you watch him, you watch him closely, he makes everything count um, from the chops um, so obviously the kicks, everything, everything's there, everything's crisp in regards to Penta. So those are the two. Um, in regards to up and comers, obviously you're looking at uh, people like Darby Allen, um, and you know even Brian Cage. I like I like Brian Cage uh, because of the relationship that he's got with Taz. Taz is his manager. It makes me think, yeah, this guy, you know, this guy will be big. So those are the four that I look at um, week in, week out in regards to AEW. Quick, quick, quick question. Who do you got yeah. uh, for full gear, uh, Omega or Hangman? I'm going to say Omega. I'm going to say Omega, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a fan of both. I'm a fan of both. <laughs> I, for, I forgot Hangman Page. I completely forgot him in the in that list that I was mentioning. But, yeah, um, I'm a fan of Hangman as well. Um, I, I think Omega, but I could be very wrong. It could be Hangman. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I know. That's one, hang on, that's one thing I hate but, about being a wrestling fan sometimes because it's like if they put two of your absolute favorite in there, it's like ah, really? Do you you know? But yeah, I'm a fan of Omega and hang, uh, Hangman as well. So, but mm-hmm. I think that might be a tough. So whoever comes out on top, I'll be happy either way. <laughs> <laughs> My old adage is correctness. The fans win. It doesn't matter who wins in the ring. We win. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but it's like before Jolie before Jolly, uh, it's like when the brackets came out for that tournament, I knew exactly how this was going to end up because it's like when I saw Omega on one end and Paige on the other, I was like, going, those two are going to be in the finals. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. End of story. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Sorry, Jolly. Go ahead. (laughs) Well, speaking of matches, um, and you're saying that you guys are always pushing for trying to get into NXT UK, which didn't... um, didn't Rampage Brown just sign with NXT? Yeah, that's a, that's a huge signing. I mean, he's been the best in Europe for a few years. Um, and I've had a couple of seminars with him as well. Um, and he's absolutely phenomenal. And I think with Rampage, it was more the right time for everybody, including himself, because he was ready years ago. Um, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely excited to see Rampage in NXT UK. Um, is I've watched hundreds of matches from him. It's somebody that I, I study meticulously. Um, so, you know, now's the time for him to show everybody exactly what he could do and exactly why he's Europe's best. That's awesome. All right, so my question actually is, if you could have a one-on-one match with anybody in any company, Mm-hmm. NXT, AEW, WWE, Impact, New Japan. Who would it be? Why? And what stipulation match would you choose? Okay. Um, so the match that I, the person I'll pick um, is Roy Johnson. Um, there's a there's a lot of history between me and Roy. Now, obviously, Roy um, has been in the business um, a little while longer than me. Um, behind the scenes, he's actually one of my best mates. He's my mentor, um, but 
in regards to having a match with anybody anywhere in the world, it would be him. The reason why it would be him, because, you know, as I said, there's so much history between us as mates that could be obviously advertised in any way, shape or form to any promoter, if that makes sense. Um, stipulation, obviously, would be hardcore, um, but I wouldn't try and kill him. I will just try and beat him because he's my mate after all. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the best friend grudge matches are some of the best matches. I mean, you could just look at the Edge and Randy match. That was epic. Becky and Charlotte, Sasha and Bailey this past Hell in a the Cell. They tore the house down with that. that like, you know. It's just there's something about like when two friends go at it because you guys know each other so well, you train together. Yeah, no, that I'll, I'll have to look into that guy. That actually sounds like a pretty decent, cool ass <laughs> match. <man. laughs> okay, so we know that you guys just went back on uh, lockdown, but under normal circumstances, uh, where can we find uh, where can we like people here in the US? Where can we see like all UKW action or Blackheart? So, Blackheart's on YouTube. Um, if you just type Black Art Wrestling on YouTube, um, the Rebirth show, the full shows on YouTube, absolutely free of charge. UKW's on Fight TV. Um, so obviously, if you t- go on Fight TV app and type UKW, um, you can see obviously, obviously um, all of UKW. UKW's also on YouTube as well, um, especially episodes 22 and 28, um, which are the two episodes that I'm in. So if you type that up in regards to UKW, that's where you can find UKW, obviously on Fight TV and YouTube. Awesome. Well, JPR, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so great having you on and everything. So best of luck in the future. Best of luck with everything over overseas and everything. And best of luck with to you and your family. Thank you very much. Same yeah. to you guys. Thank you for having me. And, and if you ever make it to NXT UK, we want that interview too. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. hashtag book it (laughs) cheers guys thank you thank you bye have a good one oh that was awesome (laughs) cool dude cool dude like i i I had to throw the football in there because i am a sports fan um like you know in my family my uncle my uncle's from england so he's actually from london i have okay his brother still lives over there so it's like you know I know all about Manchester, but Newcastle United is uh, not one that I'm not too uh, that I'm not very familiar with. For it's like it was just like always Man U, Arsenal, Tottenham. So you know, it's nice to hear somebody that's like I, I didn't follow the sheep. That was actually pretty cool. That dude is that dude is cool. But yeah, no, that Rampage Brown signing that NXT UK just did. I am excited for. I saw some of his in ring ability. Yeah. And, whew, can we get him versus Karrion Cross, please? I, I just want like think, all these think, big men versus Carrion. Like seriously, that's all I, I, I want. I think point with Carrion, it's like he's there, people are like building a list of like who this man really needs to go against once he's back and fully healthy, of course. Oh, Lordy. Dream match though. Okay. Taker in his prime versus Carrion Cross now. That's Ooh. a dream match. Ay ay ay. Okay, so before we get okay, before so before we get into the rest of everything, um, as you saw on Twitter, uh, Queen's Takeover has opened up shop on PWTs. We are very excited about this transition, um, and we have to thank uh, the to designers we worked with, Jessica Jones, our girl, and Future Reunion Tour, uh, bombass designs, and we just moved our regular merch shop to Spreadsheet. Uh, it just uh, just tweeted everything out. Uh, well, we're recording this on Sunday morning. I just retreated everything out on that, and so you can check everything out there. Okay, so this week let's let's get this a little soap opera-ish type of field as the story turns because three storylines took a major turn this week, and oh my god! Okay, let's start with the biggest one. I think um, Roman and Jay Uso coming out of Hell in a Cell. We didn't know how exactly Jay was going to react, and then by the end of SmackDown. Hello, he'll turn in the making, and he beat the crap out of Daniel Bryan. Oh, Kayla, how the direction of the story? How's how's it working for you? Um, it's a little. At first, it was a little heartwarming. I mean, heartbreaking a little bit. It's just like because I know it's a storyline, but 
it was just like a part of me felt like what Jay was going through. It was like, you're going to make me cry because this is not how it's supposed to be. Um, and then the heel turn at the end with Daniel Bryan. Um, I love Daniel Bryan to death, but I guess a part of me have always loved when the Usos were heel. Um, so they've always been one of my favorite tag teams um, with Jay turning heel. Hopefully, like we've discussed in the past, um, hopefully this is the setup for the stable with the bloodline. Um, because if Roman's heel, you got to make Jay heel. So, um, and eventually, um, when Jimmy does return, hopefully, I don't know how they're going to edge that in there. Um, right. cause I, cause I will literally be mad if they split up the Usos, which I don't think they will. If they do WWE, you better run. Um, <laughs> but no, um, but I'm kind of curious to see how it goes now that, now that you got Jay as a heel. Um, because like I said, if you're going to bring Jimmy back, how are you going to edge Jimmy in there? Because I know you just ain't going to have Jimmy just come in there and just join them. Well, actually, no, he might. It could happen. But anyway, um, at first it was very emotional. Now that he's on heel, that he's actually um, with Roman. Um, now I'm kind of, in a way, kind of intrigued a little bit to see where it goes next. Because it's getting, it's getting exciting now, just like the whole Fiend and Alexa Bliss. So... It's getting up there now. So I'm kind of excited to see where it goes next. And it's like, I actually just saw a picture. Someone did a picture art on, I think it was on Facebook and everything, like the Samoan dynasty. It's like, you got Roman, you got the Usos, you have Tamina. Ooh. And she is on SmackDown. So based on that uh, that picture and everything, I could definitely see her getting folded into this as well. Um, Just the why you say that's kind of funny. Um, Before we switch it over to Jolie. Um, I saw something on Twitter after the whole thing. I don't know how it got started, but someone had called out Naya and this says, how do you feel about, how do you feel about um, this whole situation with the, um, the Samoan bloodline? And she goes, she goes, I feel so bad for Jay. And it says, well, how do you, are you in the family? She says, nah, I got knocked out a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like, we'll just leave that right there. <laughs> Oh, well, man. technically, it, that actually makes sense because she would actually side more with The Rock than she would with Roman. She would be mm-hmm. on the side of The Rock than Jimmy, Jay, and Roman because, you know, everything... Like, we remember when The Rock was talking about when his cousin, Lena, was in that car accident. That's Naya. That car accident right. with his mom. So, yeah. you know, it's like, that's more The Rock's family. So I could see Tamina going after her if she does join but you also have the other variable of what about naomi naomi is still a part of the family regardless of what roman says i mean right like she was tweeting like you know okay yeah thanks for taking just like everything out of my hands you know and roman didn't beat jimmy or jay roman has never beaten jay let's get that straight up they just made that very clear on friday yeah (laughs) Roman mm-hmm. has not beaten Jay. He's had Jimmy twice is the reason why. So to me, that says maybe this is just a play. Maybe Jay is just manipulating Roman. Maybe mm-hmm. they're working. And when Jimmy comes back, they'll act like they're on his side. And then turn. And then turn on him. I mean, I don't see this one as the biggest storyline. I think there's bigger ones mm-hmm. uh, in the, as the ring turns. <laughs> That's a better. That's a better way to face it. <laughs> Phrase it. <laughs> These are the days of our turnbuckles as the ring turns. Add that to the soundbar whenever we get it. <laughs> but dude, seriously, I mean, it was a great storyline, and I give props one thousand percent to Daniel Bryan. I thought he actually got hurt. The one jump, I thought he legit got hurt, but I saw him tap Jay, so. I was cool with that because um, it looked like Jay landed right on his collarbone. Mm-hmm. And then Jay fucking killed himself jumping on that table because he put most of his weight on the table and didn't hit most of Daniel. Right. So like that. that was those two competitors right there. That match was one hell of a main event. Um, I still want to know what the walrus's meaning is behind all this. Um, I heard that he has other people that are Heyman guys and girls. So I'm wondering if that's going to factor into this eventually. 
And if anybody knows what I'm talking about, it's actually from what I've been reading uh, that a certain faction on Raw, the majority of them are Heyman guys and girls. Hmm. Mia, yeah, Jack, they're all like you know they're all Heyman approved from what I've been reading. So that'll be an interesting Ooh. thing, you know, if they bring that into effect. But can we talk about the other storyline that really has everybody up in a tizzy? Because she's 19 and he's 33. You fuckers couldn't handle the goddamn attitude era, you Twitter bitches. <laughs> All right, let me set the scene. Okay, so Aaliyah's out in the ring. Murphy's out there trying to make an apology to Ray and Dominic. And it goes sideways real fast. Both guys come out there, try to get Aaliyah out of the ring. Aaliyah says, no, I love him. And, oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's like, and Kayla, you actually saw something on Wikipedia actually listing Aaliyah as uh, his manager now going forward? Yeah, uh, first of all, let's back it up and say the whole thing, how it switched around on SmackDown. Um my mom had already told me what had happened, but she'll watch SmackDown with me and I was sitting there watching it. And I looked at her and I said face palm to the face. Seriously? They're actually doing this. Um Murphy has grown on me um within the past few weeks. Um um with his ability and um all the stuff he's ever done. I've always respected him for that. But as far as the character he's came out um starting where I like him I guess because me he got kind of branched off with the Monday Night Messiah or Smackdown Savior whatever you are now um I think it's just Messiah whatever just <laughs> Becky's waiting for you just let's leave right now and come back as a new man um He's but no the Friday night fucktard <laughs> <laughs> um but no yeah, um, as far as our article, I was looking it up, and I was looking, um, the female that I'm writing about for the champion, I was like, what exactly is their role now? Because I know they're still part of WWE, um, but they're not wrestling. And I was just like, okay, so I was going in, and I'm just scrolling through, you know, the roster, and it came down, and I saw Paul Heyman with Roman Reigns. And right above it, it said, Aaliyah Murphy, met, uh, excuse me, Aaliyah Mysterio, manager of murphy and i was just like seriously really so i guess now it's are we gonna see dominic and murphy going at it again with trying to win their heart so he can be with ray's daughter but honestly the storyline ended with the draft when the draft happened but that's special i'm just i'm just so confused what they're doing with this right now um, because in my opinion, if you want to give Murphy a manager, why her? I mean, where is this really going? Um, I know it's a storyline, but I guess once again, add another storyline to the mix that you got me, you got me interested. Where's it going? So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, like we said, when the draft happened, I kind of hoped that we kind of saw it end, but then some random SmackDown goes, I want Seth Rollins. Okay. Oh, no, wait. Let's put Dominic and Rey Mysterio on SmackDown. Even better. Let's put Murphy over there. So, in a way, it's kind of like it never ended. So, um, like I said, add it to the mix. I'll make pretty... I'm stoked to see where this one goes. Thank you, WWE, for making my little brain just to turn around with a little hamster wheel going there. Trying to figure <laughs> you out. <laughs> Fusion City at its best. Jester, can you make any sense of this crap? <sighs> well, anything involving this whole thing is it should have like you get it should have died with the draft. It should have. Ray should have stayed on Smack or Raw. Dominic should have stayed on Raw, hands down. But um, in all honesty, I think this is long-term storytelling. I think this is going to be a grand twist where if you want to hurt somebody. You don't just go after one of their kids. Nah, you go after both. And if this was a Hollywood movie, this movie would be Cape Fear. This movie would be everything like, you know, the stranger outside the house is stalking you and 
here's somebody that's helping you, but is he the bad guy? Is he a good guy? We don't know what he is. All we know is that Murphy and Seth have come to a disagreement. They have broken apart, but have they? We don't know if this is a we don't know if this is this is a long game. We don't know if this is a ploy. I mean, if you really wanted to fuck with a father, you don't go after the son. Go after the daughter. You go after the daughter. Mm-hmm. You break the daughter's heart. You destroy the daughter. So you got to think that Seth is going to be taking time off to go be a dad. And when he comes back, all hell's going to break loose again. We don't know how it's going to play. We don't know if Seth's going to get injured or how they're going to write him off. They're just going to write him off. But my whole issue is you got everybody and their mother bitching, bitching about yeah. this storyline. Like, oh, my God, did you see they made a 33-year-old kiss a 19-year-old? So? She's barely legal. There's porn called that. And I'm pretty sure you sometimes watch it. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're, you're, wrong. Good. you're good. You're good. So... These people bitching about these, and a lot of these kids are like a lot of people bitching are in the younger age. Could you imagine? Could you just fucking imagine Triple H kidnapping Stephanie McMahon, having her drugged, and forcing her to marry him? How Twitter's minds would fucking explode, or even the live sex celebration. I still can't believe they actually did that. I mean, Twitter was in its infancy, but still, or Valvine is getting his penis chopped off. There are so many things that the Attitude Era did that would not be able to be done today. Because in some aspects, people keep forgetting this is a scripted TV show. She's not really kissing him. They're not really in a relationship. It's a story. This is like watching Erica Kane from All My Children kissing a 21-year-old. And she's in her fucking 70s. Yeah. But I'll tell you this right now. If it was a guy, nobody would be bitching. Nobody would be complaining. Of course. Double standards as always. Aaliyah, Ray, Dominic, and Buddy, and most likely Seth, all signed off on this. Mm-hmm. Because Ray has that kind of clout within the business. And we know this. We know this because he was wrestling without a contract for WWE before he signed his new contract. He and Vince have a good relationship. And Vince... As stupid as that motherfucker is, and we'll get to that in another episode, actually probably multiple episodes, Vince knows that sometimes you don't want to piss off the people that have your back. Ray has his back right now, so he's not going to do anything to fuck that up. And, well, yes, it's a tiny bit skeevy, but again, if this was Trish Stratus kissing Dominic, nobody would be bitching. You'd have every man up and down the line saying that, get it, boy, get it, get it, get it, get it. But now it's a, it's a 19-year-old girl, double fucking standard. Now, I get it. I get that there have been some proprietor acts of different wrestlers that have nothing to do with these two. And while, yes, what those wrestlers did is wrong and disgusting, it has nothing to do with this storyline. And maybe we need to feel a little bit uncomfortable right now because we're in an uncomfortable situation in America. Deal with it. It's it's just frustrating that people are throwing a tizzy fit when you have the COO and the daughter of the company, who are married, by the way, who had a storyline where he kidnapped her, drugged her, married her, and claimed he had sex with her. But this is wrong. Dear Twitter bitches, y'all need to just 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 simmer. Simmer. Because this is just a soap opera with sweaty muscle men sweaty muscle women fighting in the ring for our entertainment because they love doing it. And while yes, it can be a little bit skeevy like Lars Sullivan, but anything with Lars Sullivan is skeevy. Hearing him talk was even worse. Um, You know, I finally felt bad about Corey being put in an uncomfortable situation, but then again, like, eh, it's Corey. I don't give a fuck. Um, But you just have to just relax. Look at the long game because Apparently, the long game is what's happening over in NXT. Ooh, yeah. Good swerve. Good swerve. Talk about swerves and retribution. Oof. Okay, so after the shocker that happened last week with Pat McAfee um, costing Brizongo the NXT tag team titles, so Oni Larkin, Danny Birch, Danny Birch, and um, 
Pat McAfee, made their way to the ring. Kyle O'Reilly comes out, try to confront them, and holy cow, did we get a return. Pete done the bruiser way. First of all, let me just say, pictures and videos on Twitter do not do any justice. That boy is ripped. He has been working out. He looks amazing. Let me start with by saying that. Okay. So he comes out to the ring with two chairs. We think he's going to be teaming up with O'Reilly to take down the trio in the ring. And bang, Dunn hits him with the chair. And it looks like whenever this storyline and big matchup comes to head, it's definitely going to be four on four. And wow, that's all I can say about that. (sighs) Man, Jolie, talk to me, girl. Now, see, when I say long-term storyline, I'm not talking about Pat McAfee. No, I'm talking about Pete Dunne. Mm-hmm. Because for years, you not, you Undisputed Era has been making Pete Dunne's life hell. Should I remind you guys of War Games? The first one? Ricochet, War Raiders, Pete Dunne versus Undisputed Era. That amazing match. This has been a long time coming. This has been a long storyline. This has been a long journey. But apparently WWE doesn't know how to make long-term storylines. Do you guys want to rethink that? Do you? Because I think they do. I think that they have created such an amazing storyline. And they probably had a swerve last minute with Ridge Holland getting hurt. So... I don't know if that was probably Pat McAfee or if that was actually what was going on. But I think I think all of them are working together. The 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 uh, UK guys are working together. Now, I don't see Pat as the leader. No, I don't. You got another conspiracy on this? What? Oh yes, I do. Oh, because it is too sweet. No! I believe that Finn Balor is the actual leader of this group. Ah! Ooh, okay. Think about it. He, when he first came back, he turned heel and worked with Undisputed Air for like a minute because he does have a relationship with Adam Cole. And yes, we do see the two sweeting at, with Adam and him after the fact, after the match. And we do see Kyle O'Reilly and him shaking hands after the match. But the devil plays both sides. And he is a demon. He knows how to play everything. So Finn, in my mind, is the actual leader of this group. Pat is just the mouthpiece. And I hope I'm right. Because that would just make this so much better. Because that means... I'm 10, like, I, y'all need to fucking hire me. That's all. That's all. <laughs> because, you know, it would, because right now, Finn really can't talk his, with his jaw. I mean, yes, he hasn't been seen, but he will be back. I think they said he will be back in a couple weeks Um, okay. that with everything, because uh, Regal didn't make him give up the title. So he's coming back. That's, yeah. I'm, I think I'm they just so need. Glad. I think they just needed uh, just to let the bone heal so they couldn't risk. It was similar to, um, I think, the first week that Drew was out because he actually did break his jaw as well, but he has something similar done that Finn had done. That's why, you know, he was not out there. And even like then, it's just amazing storytelling and uh, everything that has been going on with this, this whole group with Undisputed Era and Pete Dunn, that was done masterfully. That was done amazingly. And can Shotzi Blackheart be the shot caller for every takeover, pay-per-view, whatever? She puts everybody to shame. I'm sorry. She does. I love Shotzi. She did a she did a phenomenal job. She did a phenomenal job. I was so happy. That was like a great night for her. Oh, oh definitely. <laughs> oh, Kayla. Your thoughts on the little swerve action there on NXT? Um, well, honestly, I really, um, I, I am excited to see Pete Dunn back. Um, but I won't go into detail quite 
quickly because our jester herself kind of covered it. And I kind of like the whole swerve that she says Finn Balor might be part of it um, as well. So, um, but I will say this, WWE, if you're listening, please hire the wrestling writers at EDF Sports because we got some great storylines that you won't regret. Um, So, and even we probably could bring even more to the table that you won't regret if you hired us. Um, I've stated it several times in our um, articles that creative team just don't have it anymore, really. Um, Just some of these storylines, it's just like, hey, let's have this going on. And the sad thing is um, I had a friend that used to kind of work around it so he knows everything that went on and Sadly, he told me and said he um, anybody that a writer, basically, if you write it, you have to get Vince McMahon, Stephanie and Triple H to approve it. So some of these crazy far fetched storylines we're seeing, they're approving Mm -hmm. it. So if they can approve these crazy storylines, can you imagine what they're really would approve if we brought our ideas to the table? One thing I would definitely bring to the table is put a different spin on this whole hurt business retribution crap and everything because I'm getting like very pissed off about it. Amen to that. Amen. But then again, like we yes. said, stated before, um, we know there's more members of retribution. Where are they? Bring them. That would only put the hurt business on the hurt because how many people is going to want to join the hurt business? Not very many people. I guarantee it really. So yeah, another storyline definitely would put in there, Retribution. I'd bring out the ones that we would love to see in Retribution. Because we are still missing some of our favorite superstars, by the way. Oh. I mean, rumor has it, according to Ringside, is that Vince is bored of, the, of Retribution. He's not bored. Everybody has to remember, we have to play the long game. You can't just have them be constantly be the superior and it makes it makes sense, and it doesn't make sense to make the hurt business look bad and bad and like bigger and badder and better than everybody else because that's what they want them to be. However, Mustafa hit on something when he said that they couldn't make a buck off of me, and I feel that that was not only a jab towards the higher ups, the echelon, the Vinces, the Triple H's, what have you. Mm-hmm. But it was also a jab at everything that's going on with the Twitch shit. Uh, a lot of people have already shut down their streams. Um, mm-hmm. Adam Cole, I believe, has not. Um, Paige has, and she says, I'm done with this company. Well, then just quit. I'm fine with that. You're not doing anything anyway. Um, and I have a reason for saying that. Because accusations came out about her family and her mother about inappropriate and everybody defended them the family to god knows when but you know and there's apparently evidence but nobody gave a shit but dream who never touched anybody according to what the people said it was just texts and pictures is vilified that's my only that again that's my issue with that so Paige says she's done with the fucking company she just signed a contract i i, I honestly have a feeling that this whole twitch thing is a storyline. Think okay, of, you're gonna have to hump think about it. W- what is Mustafa talking about? What is Ali talking about? The greed, the greed of the company. Yeah. So Vince's greed is taking away Twitch and streaming yeah. and cameos. That's greed. What if this is actually another conspiracy theory? But what if this is actually a part of it? What hmm. if they'll they'll actually get to keep their streams? That they'll get to reboot them because. Because it's like, you know what, you, I kind of have a feeling what you might say about that because it's like Mia and uh, AJ, when they were like, sent out the message, they said, this is not goodbye. This is like, see you later or stuff like that. It's not, it's not like a permanent uh, turn off. Yeah. I mean, down. so I just have a feeling and there could be a reason why Paige doesn't know. Cause I know, um, cause I, I actually, follows Lena Vega and um, Alistair. Alistair. 
you know, they still have their stream, but they haven't been told anything yet. Um, Lindsay Dorado, he had his stream up today. You've got Asuka, who still has her channel on YouTube. Nothing has been said about that. Nothing has been said about any of the um, of Natty's channel. And I and I'm saying, like, you know, if they want these people to interact with their fans, they can do that because you can actually demonetize your stream on YouTube. Mm-hmm. If you stream live and you don't want to get like paid for subs or anything like that, you don't have to. You yeah. can actually demonetize it. And the funny thing was, I'm cracking up because. Twitch just laid down some strict fucking rules, which could also be another reason why WWE has had to take a hard look at it because these are technically people at their, their company, but WWE can actually get in trouble because they're DCMA like uh, music. Oh, okay. Yeah. You had uh, um page playing music. You had like, we get away with our intro music because it's not copyrighted and all we have to do is put in our intro um our info who the music is by a lot of streamers will play digital uh dj music uh house music that's not copyrighted and they just say who it's by i mean it's it's just um that could be an issue as well but i have a feeling and it's just been something that's been i've been thinking about for a couple days now because Stephanie McMahon has been a big proponent of them doing social media. Mm-hmm. Well, why would they take away something like that? I get the money aspect. I get the fact that, you know, they are representing the company, but like, you know, with A to Z with Athena, uh, Thea and Tom, Alistair and Zelina, they're really not doing wrestling. They're doing their own thing. Right. That doesn't have their name anywhere near it. Same thing with um, Seamus's YouTube channel. It's all about the Celtic workout. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's just, it's just something that I've been thinking about. I'm like, he keeps bringing up greed. He keeps bringing up, you know, being too powerful. And what if this is just, it, it's, it's just, it, it might be stupid and I might be wrong, but it just makes sense in my head. Not a bad theory though. And, you know, with Retribution and the Hurt Business, the only person I really feel sorry for is Shane Thorne. That dude constantly gets picked on by fucking Bobby Lashley. I know. And Bobby's got to be a little bit more careful. He was actually very, very dangerous in the ring against Shane. Because if he was going against D-Jack or Mace or Dio... Be different story, but with with a small guy like Shane, it just doesn't. It's something's just not sitting right. And I really want to know where the hell Mercedes Martinez is. I know they said they kind of wrote her off, and she's back in NXT. Oh, she's back in NXT. Can you please put her against EO or Rhea? Um, because that Raquel Rhea match was off the chain too. I don't think there was anything about Halloween that Havoc that was bad. I mean, I was at work, so I really exactly. didn't. I really didn't get to see much of it. I did watch a lot of the replays. I was stoked to see the ladder match be, or uh, uh, the 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 women's championship match, which became a ladder match or some tables, ladders, and scares. Yeah, because I remember watching EO smacking Candice on the ass with an arm. And I was cracking up. <laughs> um, and. As much as it pains me to say this, congratulations, Johnny. But I hope uh, Damien gets his fucking title back, you bitch. Right. Yeah, whoever was in that screen mask, uh, screw you. Oh, oh. Some people are saying that it's Austin Theory and Indy Hartwell. Makes sense. Creating a new stable, so we'll see. Oh, man. Oh, all right, let's 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 listen this in this on a high note or on a funny note, as you say. Yesterday was Halloween. Did y'all see Talking Smack? I, I was at work. Okay, no, because it's like I, I I didn't see the whole episode, but it's like at the beginning, uh, Sammy was already out there. Greg Hamilton comes out, introduces Sammy, saying, and it's out. Out comes Kayla Braxton dressed as Sammy. That's awesome. <laughs> and then of course. Late last night, I hadn't seen the whole, I didn't see the whole video, but Bianca Belair, she posted a video that her and Montez did 
kind of uh, mimicking and portraying the thriller video to a T. It is hilarious, and God bless them both. I I I enjoy ending like you know when I'm shitty like I'll just just watch the gif of him just shaking the ring ropes. <laughs> um, so that high note. Yesterday really didn't. Like, nothing really felt like Halloween. Like our store didn't do anything. We didn't even dress up. I mean, this has just been the day from hell. Then I mean, the year from hell, not the day from hell. Uh, but you know, if um, who was I looking at? Oh, we did see finally see a shadow baby bump. So that that was a highlight. The baby bump, Definitely. folks. And guess what? I was right. She's still working out, bitches. I told you. I told you. Now she'll be at home bonbons, bitch, please. That's Becky fucking Lynch. That's Rebecca Quinn, who doesn't know how to sit still for 30 minutes. Probably sitting at home is killing her. So that's why she's doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, apparently she was backstage um, for the season premiere of SmackDown, which makes sense. But if we're going to end on a high note, can we just end on Alexa Bliss? sitting on the ring post, laughing her ass off, laughing while Drew is throwing her stuff and staring at her. And she's just like, go ahead. (laughs) And while then he beats the shit out of Randy. (laughs) And then Randy finally gets the upper hand and he leaves and the fiend comes out and just Randy's like, fuck. And she's just still there (laughs) laughing her ass off on the ring post. I'm like, Whoever came storyline is taking like so many turns. It's like whoever, whoever came up wonderful. With, whoever came up with putting those two together, I think you honestly have found what Alexa Bliss was meant for. Mm-hmm. Like she is perfect as whatever this is, whether it's Sister Abigail or something else. This is just we have literally seen the transformation of Alexa Bliss. Right. And the way that she can turn it off and on, amazing. Props to her, props to Bray, even Drew and Randy with all that entire thing. Because like, I, I don't know how Drew kept a straight face. <laughs> I honestly don't. Exactly. And all right, but I- oh, go ahead. The main question, and I want everybody's opinion since this will be happening this Friday: the rematch. One-on-one for the women's SmackDown title. The million-dollar question is, can Sasha hold on to the belt? Or will she fall flat like she always does in the past? I think she retains. And I think Bailey goes back to the line. I, I feel that they're finally going to give Sasha the, the, what she deserves, uh, the long title run that she deserves, and give the fans what we deserve. And that's Bianca versus Sasha. And with Bianca taking the title from Sasha, next SummerSlam. Kayla, go ahead. Um, let's see. After Friday, who's going to be the SmackDown Women's Champion? Well, honestly, I really hope it is Sasha Banks. Um, don't get me wrong. I do love the whole thing they've done with Bailey. Um... And kudos again for her for making history with that title, with the SmackDown title, 380 days. Um, it could be interesting to see if you keep that title or someone else is going to break it. Um, but after seeing Sasha is now one and two in the Hell in a Cell, um, I want WWE for once to give Sasha a long reign. Mm-hmm. Um, no eight days was she held the Raw Women's Champion. And the second time, how long did she hold it for the second time? 14, was it 14 days? I think the longest that someone mentioned this on Twitter, the longest she held the title was 23 days. Okay, 23 days for the second time. But I think this is time to build her. And um, I'm just going to make a wild prediction. Um, Probably maybe... Jolie said SummerSlam by SummerSlam. We might see that match. But I'm going to make a wild prediction. Either before WrestleMania or at WrestleMania, our new SmackDown Women's Champion will be Miss Bianca Belair. And let's throw the Raw Women's Championship in there. 
more than likely we might see Miss Shayna Baszler <laughs> with that as well. Naomi. Yeah. Eh, eh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, before we close up, before the boss lady turns it back over to our wonderful Texas Sport Queen cat, um, fans remember three words. Let him in. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. About okay, so about Friday, uh Sasha's not leaving SmackDown with that title. Without with without that title. Um I think the match on Friday itself is gonna end more like in um DQ or count out, probably because with this rematch being against so soon and everything, something's gonna happen and everything. But I swear I'm saying this right now. If Bailey ends up beating Sasha on Friday for that title, not only is the IWC going to be up in arms because I have a lot of Sasha fans on my timeline. They're already saying it right now, especially my girl Hibba in Canada. Not only that, by Saturday morning, 9 a.m., you're going to get one pissed off Queen's rant from me. I'm not even kidding. Kayla, my editor-in-chief. Trust me, fans, and WWE, when she's one hell of a writer, but when she gets on a rant, she just gets pissed when she's not very happy. So, um, as her boss lady and a very close friend of mine, uh, please do not piss her off. That is all I got to say. Because if you do, and I got to edit it, I'm going to publish that article all over where I could possibly publish an article, and you will see. (laughs) Whenever we record, then you'll get my rant. (laughs) And you might get some more of Kat's rant, so pick your poison. Think wisely, Vince. Think wisely. (laughs) We are gaining fans. We are. All right. One funny question. One funny question. Yes or no. I know we've said like wrapping this up like several times. One funny question. Yes or no. After the, the current team that's currently constructed for the Raw Women Survivor Series team, do they have a, even have a snowball chance in hell of winning? Kayla? For Raw? It's yeah. not that hard. It's no. <laughs> it's fucking no. Bianca Belair can beat all five of those women with her one hand tied behind her fucking back. <laughs> I'm sorry. You put fucking Lana on that team? Lana? Lana. No. The answer is no. I don't care. It's no. <laughs> I don't care if they do have Nia and Shane on there. They're going to get squashed. I mean, it's like maybe it's Broker, uh, Dana Brooker, competent. I don't get the wrong. Lana, don't get me started with that. But no, honestly, right now I, I'm I'm going to say no because, to be honest with you, even if you put, let's just say Bianca, and let's say you might put maybe maybe somehow Natty will get up on there. But even with that, I even honestly think that uh. Naya and Shayna somehow just part of me think they're going to end up taking out their other three team members, taking out the team members because I mean, it's just, I would actually just like to see, don't get me wrong, Mandy, she's growing on me. Dana, Dana's just been buried for so long and you just want to bring her up. Lana, honey, you're never going to be a six. Exactly. You're never going to be a six time women's champion. You're going to probably by the end of this year, you're probably going to be a 21 time going through the announcer table. Um, but, well, yeah. Um, let me count how many weeks we have left. Oh, God. <laughs> how, what's it going to be, Jolie? Hold how on. many times? Hold on. Hang on. End of the year. What's she going to? Oh, shit. <laughs> Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I mean, I She'll be that- there nine more times on Monday Night Raw. There's nine more Monday Night Raws. Two more pay-per-views. Two more pay-per-views. 
They're gonna so, love it. <laughs> so be seventeen times her ass going through a goddamn table. Make it happen. <laughs> but no, uh, um, as far as the having a chance, no. Um, like I said, I would rather just see Nia Jax and Shayna actually behave for once and you know go up against Bianca Belair. But like Jolie said, Bianca Belair could probably take out all five of them in a heartbeat just herself. So, <laughs> oh, to be continued. All right, well, that's all we have for this episode of the Queen's Takeover. Thank you again for JPR for joining us. Um, and y'all tune in next time as the takeover continues. Y'all have a good one.